कीर्तन की जाए श्री श्रीदाव जी गोपाल की जाए श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए और भक्त वृंद की जाए बहुत प्रेम आनंदे ज्ञान निरंदसान चक्षुर्मृतमेनाशीगुरवेनमुलाकुदोकमलायुगधर्मो वंदे जगत प्रियकरो करुणावतारो वंदे श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य निनंद सहोदितो गुरुदायी पुष्पवंतो चित्रोसंदोत्तम वंदे हम श्री राम कृष्णो अभाय चरणो सको सुखदो परमानंदो सुंदरो सुभद्रियो हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीन बंधु जगतपते गोपेशा गोपिका कंठ राधा कंठ नमस्ते तप्त कंचन गोरंगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी विश्वानुसुते देवी प्रणमामि हरि प्रिय प्रणमामि हरि प्रिय श्री राम गोविंद की जाय कृष्ण बलराम की ग्रंथराजभागवत की morning just move closer move the drum Is it sort of social non-distancing? <laughs> so we have been uh, discussing the uh, some related topics, topics related to the Brahma Vimohan Lila. Talked about the position of Brahma. We talked about the Brahma Vimohan Lila itself. With, what it encompasses in a broad sense and how it's looked at from our Sampradaya's point of view, to some extent how it's looked at from the vantage point of other Sampradaya's as well. And uh, today we begin the Leela narrative, but I want to begin the Leela narrative with some background uh, to the Brahma Vimohan Leela, which is the place, the Brahma Vimohan Leela, 
in my estimation, where Sakyaras really comes onto the stage, if you will, just the beginning of the, the Sakyarasa aesthetic center of the 10th canto, which follows the Vatsalya center, which is followed by the Madhuryavasa center. Um, and um, as we'll see, we'll probably get to it tomorrow, it, it begins with a real, um, uh, note of uh, excitement, mm. uh, but the, the, the related material uh, that I want to speak on today is drawn from the chapter that precedes it, the last part of the 11th chapter of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, <clears throat> where we're going to begin on verse 35, and um, We'll go through them, highlight some of the verses, and speak about them to the end of the chapter. What we find, well, we'll see here in verse 35 is the beginning of a new section in this chapter itself, chapter 11. Yes, and goes like this. Vindabhanam sampravishya sarvakala sukhavaham tattva chakru rajavasam chakatayat ardha chandravat. So the text says Vindabhanam sampravishya entering into Vrindavan. So what we find here is that at this point in, in the Bhagavatam, Krishna and the and family hmm, have come across the Jamuna hmm, from um, Mahaban Gokul, where the first part and the middle part, Adi, Kumar, Madhya Kumar of Krishna's childhood were enacted, coming across the river into Vrindavan, where Govardhan is, and so forth. This is the then the beginning of the Sesh Kumar, the last part of Krishna's childhood, where he's moving more rapidly in the direction of, of Poganda, boyhood. These two ages, that should be noted. Kumar and Oganda are specialties of Braj in that they don't occur anywhere else. Obviously, the Kishore is also a specialty of Braj, but it does occur um, outside of Braj. He remains a Kishore in the Turo and Dwarka, which is itself wonderful. And uh, and there's a from this from the Sakharas point of view, there's a, there's, a, there's a specialty to the Poganda age, which comes in the 15th chapter, here we're just in the 11th, in that the, the excellences of Kumar are present there, and there's a touch of his adolescence in the middle part of his Poganda as well. There's a couple of different ways I should mention in which the ages of Krishna or the age of Krishna has been described 
and it seems contradictory uh, without um, understanding this. In other words, someplace it says this age seems much older. He did this. Maybe in some text uh, it says at the age of seven he came to Vrindavan. Here I'm saying he came at the, uh, when he was just turning into four years old. And those two different ways are that uh, I believe that sometimes the texts are speaking about his actual so-called, I mean, which is actual, you decide, as I explained, actual age. And the other is speaking about his the maturity that his actual age equals. So he may be four actually, but actually he's seven <laughs> in terms of his maturity. This is a quality um, that we see in some uh, children that is very attractive. When you see some child on, um, you know, uh, they bring them to the public that maybe they're, they're on Voice of America or one of those kind of shows, you know, some kid sings and sings like an adult and as good as and has some adult composure. And how old are you? I'm 12, you know, I'm eight, you know. And uh, that maturity of age is very, very uh, charming. So you, you just try to imagine the uh, maturity of Krishna in the midst of his childhood and, and, and how attractive that is, how it can capture everyone's attention, just that in itself. He begins to speak. He says something profound. This will begin a little later in his Proganda age. Uh, he'll speak about dharma and so forth. And parents will be awed by that, and, and so on. So, if you can, uh, this is very beautiful. A feature, of course, of uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas, because our God, as I often say, is human-like, and so we know what it's like to be human, hmm? and we can draw so much from our human experience, as the Goswamis have, to describe God, to understand Him and bond, yeah, make a bond emotionally with Him which is the whole idea, to feel that he is ours. This is the feeling in Brudge. He belongs here. He's one of us. Once, uh, once uh, Bhaktivedanta Narayana Maharaj questioned, uh, for good reason, the idea of naming, as Prabhupada did his deities in London, Radha London Ishwar, Radha and Krishna, Radha London Ishwar. And so he thought that was a little odd because Krishna's, you know, yeah, he's the Ishwar of the world, but now you're getting more and more towards his majesty, Aishvarya, and so forth, which takes him arguably more outside of Braj. But I thought, well, you know, you could look at it another way because he wanted to create a sense of minus. My, he's mine, he's ours, he's our Krishna. He's the Ishwar of London, you know, so there we have him here, you know, he's ours. And of course that minus that he's ours that's so prominent in Braj is, is the, uh, one of the characteristics of Prem that is underscored by Rupa Goswami in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu. But anyway, everyone in Braj uh, feels this way and, and in the way in which I'm describing, just one one way simply to help us appreciate Krishna is very mature. 
or his age. Mm. So here it said, Vrindavanam Sampravishya Sarvakala Sukhavaham. It said that um, Sarvakala, all times. So here this refers to the seasons, times of the year. Uh, typically in a Western world, in North and South America, we have four seasons, but in India they have six seasons. There's a, there's a spring, there's summer, the fall, the pre-wind, no, there's the spring, there's the summer, there's the rainy monsoon, there's the autumn, there's the kind of like the pre-winter, and then there's winter. Hmm. You have to live there to figure it out, but um, and here, the idea is that they entered Vrindavan where hmm, all the seasons are Sukhabaham, giving happiness. One of the reasons that this is mentioned here, it can be argued, is that just prior to coming here, what has been uh, the, the leaders that have been described uh, correspond with the with the with the summer, beginning of the summer. In other texts, other Purans and so forth, it's mentioned that after the toppling of the twin Arjun trees, one of the wonderful feats that occurred somehow in in, in Mahaban, all of the wonderful things that happened, like. Putana's passing, Trinavarta, Shakatasura. Uh, Krishna didn't overtly deal with them. So the fact that he was behind it all, that he liberated them, that he dealt with their uh, such uh, nefarious uh, motives as emissaries of Kamsa as they were, uh, could. Uh, could be could be lost, could be missed. With the pulling of the Arjun trees, well, they were old. They had been standing there for a very, very long time, based on the curse of Narada. Who knows how many yugas previously, waiting for Krishna to take birth and witnessing all of the pastimes. And so he just kind of moved the mortar, and you know, um, I mean, when he pulled down the trees, the rope that he was tied to tied by to the mortar to didn't break. So that was the, obviously they were ready to fall, right? This is the thinking though. He's wonderful, but I mean, how could our child do that? So um, at any rate, with the, and this will come up as we go forward in relation to further exploits that, that are of a different, slightly different nature um, in terms of, how much he is involved in dealing with Kamsa's emissaries, for example. So after the falling of the Arjun trees, then they came. So it might be thought, and so they came right after, but at least not to the Swami, uh, ties this to the summer season. They came, it was the beginning of the summer. And the point being here, what is that of all of the seasons, um, there are, um, in, in, in that area, geographically, let's say, for example, today we can experience summer is probably the most oppressive. I mean, 120 degrees, it's on the border of the Rajasthani Desert. I think in uh, the Book of World Records or something like that, it's listed as the hottest place in the world, right there on the border of the Rajasthani Desert. So 
I'm, excuse me, I'm used to Fahrenheit, so 120 degrees. I don't know what that is in centigrade. Um, 30, 35, 40, 50, oh my, God. so uh, very, very difficult. And then when the first rain comes, people on the roofs dancing like peacocks, the rain is coming, roof, right? So uh, the, here the word is used that, that uh, Savrakala, all these seasons, Sukhavlam, they gave great happiness. It means even the summer, it, it gave great happiness. Yes, it was warmer, but only warm enough to add to all of the fun of Krishna's childhood and boyhood Leela, swimming pastimes, which might not be as readily available or desirable in other seasons. It has an extra feature for that matter, as all of them do, but all of them give happiness. Six seasons of brunch are, are, are very famous. And it's said, of course, that Brinda Devi is in charge of all of these different, all the different forests and orchestrates their movement during the different seasons for the pleasure of Krishna and corresponding with his, his Leela. Any season can produce the result of any other season at will or all the other seasons. This is a magical um, idea, obviously. But the dom, the surroundings, the seasons, along with everything else, all moving only for the pleasure of Krishna. Then Tatra Chakru Vajavasan Shakate Ardat Chandravat. So by means of carts, that means they took their bullock carts and they crossed the Jamuna. That's, this is, that would be quite a task. And some Puranas have said billion, billions of cows in front of them floating across. It, it's sometimes described as uh, like the opening of the Red Sea. Maybe the Christians borrowed from that idea uh, <laughs> rather than the reverse, which some persons have uh, postulated in the past uh, with regard to Krishna's Leela, uh, but uh, something like that. Parting of the sea and they went across, or they floated across and cows in front. And it said here that Shakater Arda Chandravat, they made a circle in a half circle, like a half moon, with their covered wagons, bullock carts, all of them, all of their belongings, they're moving the entire. Uh, community is moving across the Jamuna based on reports mm, as to the, the, uh, the lush nature of the, uh, the area with, in terms of grasses, Govardhan Hill, which is there. And this, is, this area is presided over on the, to the north by Haridev, who's the god at Manasi Ganga at Govardhan, the deity, and, and the Kaliya. Namana, which became a sacred place after Krishna chastised Kaliya, turned him into a devotee on the south. Between these two regions, who lives there never returns. So they came across, they made their camp there. They took some brush with thorns and put it around to protect Krishna, as they would think, from whatever, although there, there, there's no such um, enmity 
if you go between animals there as you find other places. Hmm? And here the place is referred to as Braj. Hmm? Braj of Asam. So Braj of Asam, they Asam, they made their residence in, in Braja. Hmm? And Braja means uh, herd. It refers to uh, cows. It also uh, means to wander hmm? as a verb, to go, to wander, which corresponds with the, with the noun. Hmm? Cows, they wander. Hmm? Jiva Goswami in uh, Gopal Champu, in the very beginning of his uh, poetic work, he gives a very compelling description of Vrindavan. Hmm. In other places, he's given uh, very kind of esoteric uh, descriptions of Vrindavan, uh, drawing from the tantras and so forth, uh, the, you know, shaped like a, like a star inside of a lotus and the geometric explanation, a sonic explanation where the syllables of the mantra are here and there and who's in between the petals. It's very abstract um, yantra type of explanation. But in Gopal Champu in the beginning, he gives a very compelling explanation and ends with a, with a, with a stated desire on his part to enter there. Hmm? It's very, very, very attractive. And one of the things he says at the very onset, maybe in the only first 15 verses, I think the 15th verse, he says that Braj means that place in which all things are harmonized, all things are possible. Um, it's, a, it's a definition that you won't find in the lexicon. Somehow he is drawn that and given no explanation between her between her beyond herd beyond wandering uh, and so on and so forth the two of which obviously as I said go together and speaks about the nature of the community they are herders so they're somewhat nomadic moving as as is required for greener grasses greater greater pasture for the cows who are their livelihood. This is thought in one sense to be kind of a lowly life. They have no home, they're wanderers, um, uh, living off the land and so on and so forth. In um, his commentary on uh, Logo Bhagavatamrita, Bhadi Bidibhusan makes a comment in this regard. You should not think that Krishna is lowly because he is a cowherd. Now, you won't think like that, but if you understand the culture, then there's good reason to think but God is gonna be, you know, a cowherd. So you make God a cowherd. This doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. And of course, he goes on to say, don't think like that because the cows are the gods on earth. They're the connection between humans and the gods, if you want to make a connection between heaven and earth, the medium is the cows, hmm? in whose bodies it is said, all the god gods are, are present, hmm? and, um, and from whose milk butter is made, from which ghee is made, which is used for sacrifice. 
which is the, is the, is the language through ritual by which humans are meant to co communicate with, satisfy the gods, uh, give, voice their appreciation for the bounty of nature and so on and so forth. So very appropriate place for God to be appearing in a community of coward people. Hmm? And um, there's another important point that comes to mind when we speak about Braj as a place, which the word is synonymous in the sense with Goloka, the, play, the people of cows, Goloka means people, means planet, planet or whatever realm of cows. So there may be a place for cows in human society. We don't know if the humans domesticated the cows or the cows civilized the humans because cows are those most prominent amongst animals that are on a borderline. They, they can live with humans happily and provide for them and be cared for at the same time. So you have, let's say you have hunters and gatherers, and then you have the animals and they're hunting and gathering, and then one animal comes in between and says, hold on here, you know, let's calm down. I'll come in the middle, you stay with me, I'll give you milk, you won't have to hunt. You can drink, you can, and the bull says, and I'll pull the plow. And you can do agriculture. Instead of killing a few animals and hanging them up, trying to keep them cold over the winter so that they'll have enough food to eat, we plow the fields. We can grow tons of grains and stock them as a civilization, right? So the cows domesticated, civilized the humans, we'll think, rather than the humans domesticated the cows. Take care of them um, itself is, is dharmic. And indeed, um, as Jiva Swami comments in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu, it is an anga itself, a sub-anga of bhakti. Yanga being to worship sacred trees, uh, like the banyan, the people tree, and so forth, which we have, because up some here, versions of banyan trees. So also to worship the cows, to offer them you know, fresh fodder, to scratch their necks, and so forth. Is bhakti difficult? Very so charming. That's an attractive idea. So the point being that, that Braj is synonymous with Goloka, and that means that there is, there is a realm called Goloka. Now, I bring this up because the other day we were talking about Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. We were making the point, this is the Paribas Sutra to the understanding of Bhagavan. This is a very key, key <coughs> philosophical point. But you might think, well, okay, I got it. But why? Why is it? Why is it so important that Krishna is the fountainhead of all the gods, who cares? I mean, we like him, he's God, One, if he's an avatar or not, what, what is, what does it make any difference? Hmm? Why this big emphasis? Sounds even sectarian. Hmm? You're putting your God ahead of everybody else, just get in the flow of things here, and Ryan's God, he's got a lot of different faces and so forth, why this point? Well, from, if you consider the time and the place and the circumstance in which the Goswamis were founding the, the Sampradaya, hmm? It wasn't known that there was a place called Goloka. Hmm? That's very secret. There is a reference to Maha, Vaikuntha. These are some, some references that you wouldn't get them unless we went to the Goswamis, we were able to draw them out and help to support 
their case. But the point of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam is that Krishna is the source of Narayan. Therefore, he must have his own abode. And the leelas that he's performing must be eternal and must be ones that you can enter into. Because if Krishna is just a, an avatar of Narayan that just shows this side for a short period of time, it's very cute, and then closes it up. He manifests associates along with himself, plays that out, and gives some teaching of Dharma and closes it up, and then back to Vaikuntha. Where is that Leela going on in Vaikuntha, and how do you enter in there when the whole realm of Vaikuntha is worshiped in Aishvarya and reverence? All the faces of the Godhead are thought to be faces of, of, of Narayan. Ram is peculiar. Therefore, we as Gaudiyas, we separate it out also. The Ayodhya. Here we find a difference and a distance between Ayodhya and Vaikuntha. What is the distance? The distance is in rasa. And that's the distance in feeling, in the, in the measure of, of affection and possibilities of love. Because there we see, unlike Vaikuntha, God has a mother and a father. He has brothers. There's some hint of vatsalya, of, of uh, 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 Sakya, Lakshman, Hanuman, Lakshman, Lakshman, Ram Lakshman. Yes, you will enter there like Hanuman you know, as Dasi, but it's curious. They, the, these stand out, mother and father of Ram, the brothers as pointers to the possibility of this type of is there a place where you could have that is Golok then hmm? further more secret hmm? so in one sense this, this is one way in which we can appreciate the importance especially at the time hmm? establishing to some establishing the sampradaya if Krishna is not the source of Narayan then he doesn't have his own abode hmm? Goloka of cows hmm? And all those leelas and the possibility of entering there doesn't exist. It's a pretty important point, as you can appreciate. Of course, it's also important because if we are to give entirely of ourselves, then we have to give without motivation of return. And we have to be able to give that in a place that we can take unlimitedly. So all types of love you can take. Ryan can't take them all. So if you want to worship Narayan in friendship, the people there will, will tell you, here, what are you doing here? How did you even get here? As they told Gopal Kumar, you can't talk to Narayan like that. This is not the place. Nard being astute as he is, um, and also being in Sakyarasi himself, and a resident of Goloka in the outer regions of Dwarka, and Matura, and the Vaikuntha helped pick him up as a Sikshuguru, right? <clears throat> That's another story. But um, Krishna makes that claim I can reciprocate in kind for the however you approach me, I can reciprocate in kind. Mm -hmm. So you have to give without motivation, but you have to find the place that can take completely and absolutely. This is what Krishna represents. So Krishna's two above one, so an important point.
Here the word Braj, um, all things possible, hmm? uh, using Jiva Goswami's explanation. It speaks to uh, the apricot uh, nature. Hmm? There's a hoaxaja and an apricot, a prakrita. Adhoksaja, aprakrita. Adhoksaja means overtly transcendental. Once when I was in Kerala, I went to the Padmanabh Chetra on Ikadasi. The temple's a city. You go into it, it's like you're in a city. And there is this huge Padmanabh deity, you know, 24 feet long, reclining. Uh, in, in, and uh, and little temples around the different avatars and so forth. And it was a conscious, it was a celebration. They had elephants in there and a parade going around. And every every uh, every 10, 20 yards, they'd stop and horns would blow and Brahma would chant prayers. And I thought, now I know. I had a glimpse of it once before. I was in Los Angeles and Prabhupada was present. He called his temple there, New Dwarka, for different reasons. One, I used to stand next to him every day when he was there, and he spent a lot of time there. I was lucky to spend time with him. I got initiated there, and in those years, he would come for three months in the spring and three months in the winter, for two, three years. So I would stand next on the right side of his Vyasa song so that I wouldn't fall asleep, <laughs> to be sure, and listen carefully to his lecture. At any rate, he, one day he was speaking, and, and, and he said, so don't think that you're living in Los Angeles. And he turned to me and he looked and he said, this is my kuntha. And it was very startling to me. And that night I took rest, as we would do, 30 brahmacharis lying on the floor. Uh, and, um, and, and I woke up to, the, to what I thought was the call of nature as part of it. And then after dealing with that, I turned and I, out the window, you could see you know, the Los Angeles skyline it was on the upper floor. And it turned into my kuntha. And Prabhupada's just, word just rang in my head. Hmm? Try to go to sleep after that. Hmm? <laughs> You're not living in, in Los Angeles. This is my concept. Hmm? So that, I had the same experience when, I, in, when this codicy procession was going on. And uh, so it's very startling. It's very like, but overtly transcendental. Whereas the aprakrita uh, form of transcendence is, up, it's like the prakat. Prakrita, like Prakrita, it's up. It's human life. It looks like this world, but it, but it's not. Hmm? So a little, a little deceiving. You have to pay. Nigga, what is it? What is Bhagavatam saying? Nityam hmm? Bhagavata Seva. You have to pay close attention, right? Nityam Bhagavata Seva, which will bring out all the unwanted things. Able to understand, but to pay close attention, it could be missed, and that would be a great loss. Therefore, Nityananda Prabhu wants to make sure that doesn't happen. Therefore, he's pointing to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, take advantage of him, take advantage. No one was more um, involved in securing a faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's advent and dispensation on a wide scale than Nityananda Prabhu. So, um, uh, one of the ideas I think here, Jiva Goswami, all things possible, um, 
there are things that are happening there that you think wouldn't shouldn't happen shouldn't relate to god like this hmm? wrestling with him arguing with him criticizing him hmm? um refusing to let him in into the into the into the forest bower as as rada may do with lovely to checking the checking him at the door and so forth how can you behave with god all these things are possible even this conception of the absolute hmm? Pujapachiramarsh played on the word rajin as it appears in a, as a verb at the conclusion of Bhagavad Gita. What did he say there? He said, Sarva, Krishna says, Sarva Dharma Pratyajamami Kam Sharanam Braja. So Krishna saying, Come to me, Braj, come to me and surrender, give up the Dharma, the Ashram, forget about Gyan Marg and his goal of sannyas, Pratyaja, Sarva Dharma Pratyaja. And just Mami Kam Sharanam Braja, come to me. And Amtam Sarvapapi, don't worry because you've been told over and over and over again if you don't do this according to Dharma and you don't do that according to Dharma, you'll be culpable. Hmm? There'll be a reaction. You'll go to hell. Hmm? That's Dharma. Hmm? Don't worry about that. Don't be immoral. And I'll give you no opportunity to because coming to me means that coming to me with your heart, that means you come to me and you leave things behind that aren't favorable to me, that aren't pleasing to me. That, that's part of coming to me. So your moral compass will be what's favorable for Krishna Bhakti, I will accept. Whatever my mind and sense may say to the contrary. What's unfavorable, that I will reject, regardless of my, how, what my senses and mind may say. This is immediately I will rise then above this hot, cold, good, and bad, happy, sad products, as Krishna says, of the mind. Hmm? This is Sharanagati. This is the beginning of Sharanagati. We come with this in mind. The spirit behind this limb of Sharanagati is a commitment, hmm? some promise. Yes, I will do. I make a commitment. I'm here. I will accept that what's being offered to me, this window of opportunity. That's a little higher, but to come into bhakti. Hmm? So he played on the word braj. He said, what did he say? As it appears there in Gita, he said, oh, when Krishna uttered the word braj, which here means come to me, hmm, yeah, his mind went to braj. Then he couldn't continue the Bhagavad Gita anymore. Hmm? He was, he's lost. There he's completely captured. That's where to find him. So here they have come. Now, the Krishna's uh, Prakat Lila is, is divided in this way within Braj in, between Gokul Mahavan, Vrindavan, and Nandagram, Nandishwar. Here also, this is, it is implied by the word Braj that they have come to Braj, which is a moving place. It also means to us, oh, we need to be flexible. We need to be prepared to pack up like a sadhu. He only stays, she only stays long enough to milk a cow and gone. So that we'll not be detached, not be attached, not be dependent on anyone or any circumstance. Attached to Krishna, then circumstances, whatever they may be, are not, a, not an issue if I can serve. Mama Janmani Janmanishwari Bhavata Bhakti so, 
Raj. Um, again, when Krishna utters it, his mind goes, goes there. And there all things are possible. And that is a very flexible place. You have to become very open, very flexible. I remember in the presence of Prabhupada, I was ready to stand up, sit down, stand on your head, sell books, burn the books. It didn't matter. We didn't sell books because we were book salesmen in our previous life or something. <laughs> Far from it. He wanted that, so we do that. He tells us to now, okay, stop, burn them all. We were done that. So to be to be flexible. This is this is Braj. If you want Kampashu Pulakare or all these Sartikabhavs, transformations of the body, you have to be at least able to bend over. Do you know the meaning? To be humble, Mahabhu said, like a blade of grass, to be tolerant, to honor to others, expecting honor for oneself, chanting with this in mind, then very quickly you'll make, you'll make progress. Then all those ecstatic transformations will come. They won't come before that. So they've come to Braj, and, and this is one division, as I said, of where the uh, apricot or the prakat, excuse me, pastimes take place. Early pastimes up to the falling of the Arjun trees in Mahavan Kokul. These are the first three years of Krishna's Kumarila. Now he comes into Braj, and Braj movement means that they were moving within the area. And sometimes they would move as far as Nandishwar, underground. Mm -hmm. And then back and all along the Jamuna, moving with the herd, camping here, camping there. It's kind of the idea. But, uh, uh, and now we're just on the cusp of what? Entering from Krishna's Kumara age into his Poganda. So his boyhood is very prominent in this uh, section, living in Vrindavan, where is his Kishore age, where, you know, the rendezvous, his rendezvous in, in, in his romantic life are, you know, front and center. They, they, they begin to manifest in, in Poganda as well, as I mentioned, in the middle stage of the Poganda, but in the Kishore age, well, <laughs> this is, this is on, on, on the front of his mind. At that time, by that time, the no, place has been established in Nandavaram, the place of Nandamaraj. So these are the three uh, divisions. Hmm? And here they've come to Braj. And what does it say next? Hmm? That makes sense. Vrindavanam Govardhanam Jamuna Kulinani Cha Miksha Sid Uttama Priti Rama Marabayol Nipa O King Sukadev says to the to the Raj Richard O King His heart is beating O King just listen to this what is this place he says this this is important point Vrindavanam Govardhanam Jumuna pulina, pulina, pulinani cha. Hmm? You know what this means. He's meant Vrindavan forest, Govardhan, the banks of the Jamuna, he says. Viksha said, Uttama Priti. Seeing these places, Krishna 
and Balaram, they experienced Uttama Priti. Uttama Priti. Rama, Madhavayor. Uttama Priti. Rama and Madhava. What does it mean? He's saying to him, the king, try to understand this point, king. They experienced Uttama Priti. That means the realm of Vrindavan exceeds in excellence in terms of its ability to be a, an environment that is pleasing to Bhagawan. It exceeds in such excellence the well-known Vaikuntha. Back to the same point. This is what's being said here. Uttama Priti Rama Madhavayo. It gave them more pleasure. These places, banks of the Jamuna, Govardhan, Vrindavan in the different forests and so forth. It's an important point because this is places on earth. Vaikuntha is not on earth, right? It's up there somewhere, people think. Right? It's on earth. And it's there on earth. You can go there and it, you know, it, it, it looks pretty ordinary to the ordinary eye. So he wants to give the king a different eye. The king is from royalty too. So he might wonder, you know, this place, Vrindavan, is better than Vaikuntha. See, it's easy for us to understand because we've just been told that we don't know anything else. And, and by somebody who's, who's got some spiritual um, experience and so forth and sharing that with us. So we're, we're, we're taken in by that. And he says things should be backed up by scripture. So we think so we wouldn't have thought so otherwise. Uh, but in the time, then this is it's to convince the uh the readers and here the Sukadev trying to convince the king he's had the experience. Sukadev was merged practically in Brahman as a as a as a as a as a, as a uh, Jivan Mukta. Then hmm? he heard these songs about Krishna that sent by Vyas through the woodcutter to bring wood for the for the winter and sing these songs that my son might hear them and have the epiphany hmm? that something beyond Brahman. Hmm? And of course, as we're saying, beyond Vaikuntha as well. You, may, you can't just imagine what happened to him. He was completely freed from any material attachment, desire, or detraction. Distraction, fully satisfied in himself, contemplating the likeness between himself as Atma and Brahman. Then this poetry about Krishna Leela captured his attention, attracted him. He's so wise that what is that then? What, this is the center piece, really, in many of them, but there's one centerpiece of obviously Shrimad Bhagavatam, right? There's a place beyond Brahman, beyond Vaikuntha, and it's here on earth too. Oh man, made it even more complicated. And I can go there, and it doesn't look to my eye like you're talking about. Now what? Well, you have to listen very carefully, right? You have to approach it in a particular way. Then you'll have these, this kind of epiphany. But we believe it because Sukadev is saying it. And what was his position? We have good reason to believe that. Hmm? He, was a, he, he, he was a mukta. Hmm? Incredible person, right? So, beautiful abode. Then, evam rajakosham pritim yachantu balacheshtita Kala bhaktyaya svakalena bhatsapala babhuvatu. So evam vajokasam. In this way, 
Um, they entered the abode of Braj. And, and they, they relished the uh, cute words and deeds of Ram and Krishna as their childhood now started to, to take a turn. It's taking a turn. And what, was, what is the turn? Here it is mentioned. Kalavakyaisakalena. Vasta palu babuvatahu. Because at this age, until the completion of their Balilila, their Kumar Lila, they became Vatsapashu. They became protectors of the calves. Now Krishna becoming a calf herder. Becoming a calf herder, not a cow herder, but a calf herder, is the giving in of Vatsalya to the inevitable, the dharma of their son, right? Yes, he's a cow herder, but that's his, his, his dharma. But giving into it because they want to keep him as a child. And, and calves don't, you know, we were just chasing, oh, we were chasing a bull, but, but, uh, and he was chasing us too, but uh, <laughs> but they, they wander, right? And they try to catch a calf. It's a lot of fun, but it's not an easy task if you really have to catch her, right? So um, the calves are going to wander. And if you're going to take care of the calves, you're going to wander with them. And you're going to wander further and further away. So what's happening here is Krishna's beginning to now, with permission, give joy to the community in different ways. And some some peril, you know, strike peril in the heart of Dushoda uh, by way of herding calves. The forest is becoming happy because he's coming closer. The calves are happy. Dushoda's not sure. So just the point here is we find he's edging out. He's not going out all day long, going through 12 forests, crossing the Jamuna back and forth which you'll do later on is all in the course of the day. And how many things are there to talk about then? To dream about for his friends throughout the night. Now just a little bit and far enough that Rohini can go and say, come on back, come back. I've cooked something for you now. And not staying out the whole time until it's time for the cows to come back and the calves to milk. We're coming back, back early. So this age, he's become a calf herder. It's a big event. Not as big as the becoming a cow herder. That was a huge event, the Gopastami. So then what? Avidu, Prajabhuva, Saha Gopala Dharakai, Charayamas, Satur Vatsan, Anakrita, Parichado. So Avidu, Rajabhuva. This is emphasizing the point I just made. Abhidure, Sudure, going further out. Abhidure, Rajabhuva, from the place called Braj, from the settlement itself, with the wagons shaped like a half moon, and so on and so forth. From the settlement, going further out. Dure means further out. So 
Each day he's going further out, further out, taking longer to come back. This is developing. And so uh, new devotees, uh, uh, like I say, the forest inhabitants are being brought into the Leela for the first time. And some pain of separation from the parents for the first time and so forth. So this is a, a, a kind of a, a sanyam, a crossing over here. Hmm? And then, uh, okay, we come to a couple of verses here. I will, I'll, I'll read the English to you. This is Prabhupada's uh, translation. Sometimes they would fling fruits. Occasionally they would dance, having ankle bells on their feet. And they would kick one another. It's not mentioned here, but they would do that too. They kick Krishna. So often they fought, well, here they fought with one another also. Every so often they fought with one another, roaring and acting like bulls with the boys impersonating cows and bulls at times. They played the flute. They wandered like two ordinary children, imitating the living beings and making noises. So this is, again, the end of their childhood. Some, some people say this is when Krishna began to play the flute, big part of his life. There are other explanations, but this is one. This time he began to play the flute, and the boys would take leaves and turn them into flutes, make instruments out of them, make sounds and, and so forth. Very crude uh, forms of instruments that if you could listen to it, you would never want to hear another record. You'd never want to hear another tune. What kind of music they can make with those crude instruments? What is their measure of uh, their artisanship? Very, very special. They imitated the swans, the peacocks, and so forth. And of course, Krishna's Vabruk, what is it? Vibhidabhuta. He can speak all the languages of all, all the creatures, and so he starts to talk with them. This is a wonder to his friends as well. And so, what's happening here, what's being explained in this verse basically is that that on the, pre, on the pretext of herding cows, herding cows is very important, it's very central, and so as we've mentioned, but it is, it is, it is a, 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 in relation to the, um, what's being showcased here, Sakirasa, hmm? beginning of Sakirasa, the beginning of this manifestation of Sakirasa in the, the Prakat Leela, that, um, uh, the cow herding is an excuse for the fun. So you've got to herd cows. But actually the cows try to give assurance at the same time in some way to communicate with the soul that don't worry, we'll take care of him. Because as he begins to go out, well, it's calves, same holds true to herd the calves. She wants to hold him back or make sure he doesn't, you know, that he, that, that he, that, that he, um, is well protected. She wants him to wear shoes, which he refuses to wear because cows don't wear shoes. What are the cows doing? The cows are going like this with their hooves. They're telling Mother Soda, don't worry. Yes, he thinks he's going to protect us, but we're here to protect him. We're making the ground soft for his tender feet. Hmm? We're, not just, we're not anxious to go. We're making it. So they're speaking. And there's a lot of this kind of communication in, in Brudge, sign language and so forth. Animals communicating with the humans, humans with the plants, and so on and so forth. And, and, and of course, that's possible in the here and now. If we look at the world through the 
lens that Mahaprabhu has, has recommended. Again, I say the verse, Trinata, Peace of Nietzsche. Humility, Bhakti Siddhanta said, Saraswati Thakur has said, is absence of the enjoying spirit. So when we look at the world without an eye to enjoy it as if I'm the center and foster my illusory sense of identity, which is not easy to, to stop doing, that's your default. Oh, that's nice. I like to taste that. Oh, that's nice. I like to smell that. So this would only foster your material sense of identity to convert that and be fully Im involved in such hearing, tasting, smelling, and so forth. Only for the pleasure of Krishna. This is the whole the difference between calm and preem, right? So when we, when, we, when we see an object in the world, a sense object, as something for our own enjoyment, we don't see it for what it is. We take the life out of it. It has a life. It has a dharma, right? It's connected. It's the shakti of Bhagwan. It's for him. So when we take that out, when we see like that, we identify with the sense object as if it's the object and I'm the subject that it is intended for, then we don't see it for what it is. If we take that out, then the world becomes Vrindavan. That's how Mahaprabhu, any tree, any mountain he saw, he saw Govardhan. Any body of water, he thought it was the Jamuna. And he was right. So, here the cow herding pointed, here the cow herding is, 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 is a pretext. He's going to protect the cows, but really the cows think we're protecting him and we're facilitating his play, the freedom now, the freedom to interact without parental supervision. That is Sakiras. Without any chaperone, looking over your shoulder. So you can, you, so you can break the law and see what happens. I told the story when I was a kid, I took a straw and I saw there was a pin on the table and I thought, let me see if I can breathe it in and catch it with my teeth. Well, of course it didn't work, but, <laughs> but these are the kind of things that you want the freedom, freedom to do and then you have to go, uh-oh. <laughs> they have, the parents are still in the, in the picture. Help me, <laughs> I swallowed a pin. <laughs> then she fainted, what are we doing now? Anyway, worked it out. <laughs> so freedom, freedom from anyone looking over the shoulder. So there are nice descriptions here of, of this. They're playing, they're mock fighting, so forth. And, and it's implied to how intimately they interacted with Krishna on an equal level. But he is just one of them. So they would take exception to things he said and did at times as, as, as well. That's all part of it in play. So this is Karachit Jamuna Tire Vatsams Charatayo Sagai Vayasyai Krishna Balayor Chigam Sur Daicha Agamat. So he says, at some point, Jamuna Tire, along the bank of the Jamuna, what sun charayato? Where the cows were grazing. Sakai Bayasiai. 
their own companions, Krishna and Balaram. Or Krishna, we should say, pointed out to Balaram that among the calves is a calf that doesn't seem to belong to our herd. Before we go there, here are the words Svakai Vayasyai. It speaks about the nature of his friends. Vayasya means, means boys, it means friends. It means companions. But here it's saying, it's describing them as forms of happiness. Sukha. Forms of forms of happiness. You have to understand this uh, idea of Siddhadeha. Krishna has many forms. Balaram, Vasudeva, Krishna, Narayana, Purusha avatars, so many Leela avatars, Guna avatars, right? So many different forms. Now we ourselves, we are Tatasta Shakti. We're Tatasta Shakti. And we are also sometimes described as like a part and parcel of Krishna. We're described as Parprakriti, which means a Shakti. We're also described as in the Gita as a Purusha in comparison to the Maya Shakti, like Krishna is the Purusha. So from one angle, we're Purusha. From another angle, we're Prakriti. Right? And we can identify with material nature, the result of which will be we'll have a material form. We can identify with bhakti, pursue bhakti, come under the influence thereby of the Surup Shakti that bhakti is constituted of. And we can get a form that's suitable for participating in the Leela. But that form, from the albeit point of view, non-different point of view, Krishna is one with his Shaktis and different from them. Hmm? That form, constituted of the Surup Shakti, is his own, one of his forms. It's one of his forms. We look at Abed, difference, then we make a difference. We look at from the Abed point. It's, in other words, in the depths of the being of Krishna, of God, hmm, our prospect, so to speak, lies hmm, to associate with him and be a, and, and, and identify with fully like you can't identify with matter. It just doesn't work. It's uncomfortable. It, 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 the outfit doesn't fit. It's too tight. It's too loose. It's both at the same time. Because it's objective in nature and we're subjective in nature. But the srup shakti is super subjective. So we can, we can have a union with it in ways that we cannot with material nature. Krishna's form is constant of is his Sarup Shakti. Brahman is Krishna without Sarup Shakti, who always has Sarup Shakti. So his form is always there. But if you could separate it out, Brahman means without the manifestation of Sarup Shakti. Krishna's form is Sarup Shakti. He gives us a form of Sarup Shakti. This is a form, in one sense, this is a form of himself through which he expresses himself and plays out his um, reality of being Rasaraj. 
through, he needs more senses. Just like it says in another way in the Bhagavad Gita, it said, everywhere are his, ma are his hands, everywhere are his legs, everywhere are his ears, and so on and so forth. The way to try had a difficulty understanding that first from a bhakti point of view. One answer is that means is through, in his devotees. Wherever his devotees are eating, he's eating. He's tasting that. He relishes their bhakti. He's eating their bhakti. Their eating is honoring prasad. That's a form of bhakti, right? So in the, so, so in the depth of his being, some people say, well, all these farups are like pictures on the wall in Golok, and you'll get one. And that's you know, one way of talking about it, but I think of it a little differently. Same idea. It's eternally existing. These bhavas are eternally existing. Sakya bhava eternally exists. Ras, bhava eternally. If it doesn't eternally exist, then our goal is something that's not eternal. They're existing and they're manifest as such in the form of Krishna Parshavas, his eternal associates. So that bhava can come to us. We can have a. You know, it's another form of Krishna. So they, here they're, they're described in this way. These coward boys are the very forms of happiness for Krishna in different ways. And each one has different set of senses and it, it enjoys from some like mangoes, some like bananas, some like pineapples, some like all three. Each one unique and it, they are forms to which Krishna is playing himself out as Rasaraj. We don't usually talk about it from the Vedic point of view, but it's it's there. Ved, obeyed. And here it comes comes to mind. Sakai Bayasyaya. I think Jiva Goswami says Sukurupai. It means they are the very forms of happiness in Krishna. And so now what is happening is. In the midst of this, the scene has been described, what's happening in Krishna's age, the whole, you know, this, this, this shift and so forth. And now a cow, a calf is in the herd that Krishna doesn't recognize. Now Krishna has his own cows, the calves, of, in this case, of his father, which are numerous. And each boy has his own herd as well. And each boy has herders who under his, his guidance who help him take care of his herd and might have a couple, small herd themselves as well. And every day, of course, with cow herding and as it is with calf herding, they say as well, they all come with all their calves and they're all out there together. And Krishna understood out of billions of calves, this one <laughs> is not part of the herd, not only part of my herd, he is not part of the herd of any of my friends, and there are billions and billions of friends and sub friends and so forth. How well does Krishna know his herd? <laughs> right? He knows every 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 inhabitant there, every devotee inside out and back. Otherwise, how could he become? You will see as we go in the Brahma Mohan League, he becomes all he accepts forms like all the coward boys and all the calves, and the mothers can't tell the difference. They can't tell that, 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 it's, that it's now Krishna. They can't understand why they're more affectionate towards him. They're still more affectionate to Krishna, <laughs> but their affection to their own sons has exceeded what it was previously. We'll go into that. that that's uh, coming 
upcoming chapters, chapter 13. But um, with Krishna here, recognize this calf doesn't belong to toy. So with sign language, he can he sends a message to uh, Balaram. Check it out, this calf. And Balaram will give his, his, his yes. Uh-huh. Very astute of you. Hmm? So something's up. Where's this calf come from? Right? And so Krishna continues herding around. He comes to this cow and he pets the cow. And Krishna's fond of grabbing the tails of cows in his in his early Kumar age and being dragged by them through the cow dung and everything, oh, much to the horror of of uh, and delight at the same time of Jasoda. So nothing out of the norm. And suddenly grabbing the tail, standing in one place firm, he also grabs a hoof and swirls that calf around. And so the boys are seeing this and thinking, wow, look at the Krishna's, look how he's playing with that cow, that calf. Never seen him do something like that before. And as he's doing it, the calf turns into a big demon. He's shaped out to the skies of one of Kamsa's henchmen, Batsasura, then the knee through them into the threw them into a tree. <laughs> Getting ahead of Tam Vatsa Rupam Biksha Vatsayuta Gatam Hari. Tarashayan Baladi Varasane Bhutta Ivasada. So the Asura disguised himself as a calf and infiltrated the group, but Hari noticed him, pointing him out to Balaram. I explain this. He approached slowly, as if he were innocent. The word Mugda is used to describe Krishna. There's two sides to Krishna, Mugda and Sarvagya. Mukta Sarvagya. Sarvagya means all-knowing. Mugda means foolish. It means unknowing innocent. So these are the two, two sides of Krishna. Of course, the equation uh, changes from the Vrindavan Leela to, let's say, the Matura and the Dwarka Leela. The Dwarka Leela, his all-knowing uh, side is prominent, and his unknowing side is comparatively uh, suppressed. Therefore, Uddhava marvels. I know that you know everything. That's apparent to me. But still, you act sometimes as if you don't know and ask for my advice. And this, he said, is very wonderful. And then the reverse we find in Vrindavan. But the norm is that he appears as if he doesn't know. He's just a coward boy. But every now and then he shows that he knows. And the way in which he knows is important to us because if his mugda completely covered his sarvagya, his omniscience, then how would he hear our prayers? But it doesn't. So he hears the prayers of his rag, rag bhaktas, the one who entered into the leelas where his, his all-knowingness is pushed to the, to, the, to the background. So here it said he was appearing just like a mukta, and suddenly he grabbed the, grabbed the cow, the bull, the calf, swirled him around, and 
So is that then he grabbed his tail as soon as he whirled them up into a cup of tree. Cup of tree is a, I think we have them here. They're called wood apples, you know, wood, wood apples, European uh, name for them. And they're tasty, uh, and but they also have, uh, they, they make a good uh, substitute for a ball. So, <laughs> Krishna threw them into the kapita tree, and then all the fruits came down, and the boys could collect them, eat some, and, and add them to their creation of competitive games, which is uh, uh, common hmm, at this uh, this point in their leela. Hmm. This verse describes him as he did this, Achuta did this. It speaks of how he, in, in doing this, he just stood in one place, hmm, firm, and whirled, whirled the calf. Now, this is a problem that we go on um, because, anyway, the Surah had a huge body. Um, he fell along with the fruits, seeing the boys were astonished. And they said, sadhu, sadhu. Very good, very good. Well done, well done. They applauded him and the gods showered the very flowers. So this is, I think, the first occasion in Krishna's exploits in which the god showered flowers. And this is the first occasion in which Krishna overtly exerts an obvious effort hmm, that results in the slaying of a demon. Like I said earlier, wasn't the case with the spelling of the Arjun trees, or he just sucked the breast of, of Putana. He didn't do anything wonderful. With the cart, well, he, he was under the cart, he just kind of kicked it and it, it just broke. You know, I mean, so Trinavarta, somehow he got carried up in the wind and the wind couldn't hold him. You know, how long, how long can the wind can hold any ob object before it lets it come down, back down to the ground? So here, as we turn towards his, his uh, Sakiras Leelas, they're marked by this beginning of the overt slaying of a demon that is something that the other rasas inhabitants are not typically privy to. Right? They have to get reports about this. Right? They hear reports from the coward boys who could be exaggerating. And they're just boys. But that said, on this, and, and we're hearing now a couple of things that are happening that give us reason to uh, understand the boldness that they had, as we'll see in chapter 12, to walk right into the mouth of Agasura. Where do they get that from? They get that from this, from the slaying of Ratsasura. And what's coming next? From the slaying of Bakasura. These two, gives them the courage from their experience. They're seeing Krishna do something he's never done. Nobody's seen him do anything like this before. Of course, they're wholly identified with him because they think, well, maybe we could have done it ourselves. But here, in the very onset, where this first happens for the first time, it's mentioned, they were astonished. Holy cow, they said, holy calf. And now, what was that unholy calf? Unholy cow, <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened, they thought. Hmm? Now, this is very, very peculiar because 
on its face, it looked like Krishna killed a calf. Of course, he arranged for him to turn on to you know, turn into his demon form before he threw him into the tree. But now the boys were shy to go home and say, and Krishna killed a calf and it turned into a demon. So they were silent. They didn't report this event. They had to keep this in. When you sleep at night, think about wow, you see that? He slay that calf in. Just to give you some idea, I mean, once in Vrindavan, during uh, the time of Govardhan Puja in, in Kartik, the devotees, Prophet's disciples, made a big, you know, cake or something like that, big Govardhan Hill, right? It was edible. And they made little cows out of bread or something like that. And they brought in the Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, What, you want me to eat a cow? I mean, he knew it was bread. And so, but just the, I just, the, he just couldn't. Fathom it. It's said in, in Bhagavatam that the sages of Namasharanya, when they heard that in Kali Yuga cows would be killed, they just they, 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 could, they just couldn't imagine. It's like if I said to you, you know, in the future, uh, there'll be a big market for fetuses, aborted fetuses. It's real, they're real tasty too. And, we, and they can be cooked in this way, and they can get them, can get them rare or well done, or you know, what I mean, it's just like, what? How could you? So as bad as you could think of how impossible that could be that humans would do that, is how they thought about this. They saw that in Prabhupada, like, well, that's very, very beautiful how he felt. So these boys, you know, it was a demon. Krishna was right to do it and everything. Later on, so gopis, they'll hear about this. It'll get out. But they weren't afraid to come home and just tell the story, but they put it together with something that was obvious later on, what the slaying of the bull, Aristosura. They said, look, you killed a calf, you killed a bull. I think, you know, you got to perform some penance, right? You got you want to come close to us, but we don't want to touch you. You're, you're, you're impure. Go bathe in all the holy rivers of India, then come back, okay? So he's very clever, of course. He just started with the whole, and all the rivers came in, that is, Shamkund. And then Radharani says, wow, that was far out. I'd like a kund like that. Have one. Caused to overflow. Shamkund overflows in the Radhakund. Shamkund, Radhakund, Kijai. So this is the beginning then of something that will, is very uh, central to the Sakuras Prakat Leelas. Day, every day they're meeting someone new. It typically comps as henchmen being sent and Krishna's dealing with them. And they're going back and reporting it, singing songs, composing songs naturally about it. So we'll, we'll hurry ahead here to finish. We're running out of time. So, so they go um, from here, take the calves to drink water. And of course they won't drink water themselves until the cows are drunk. And, uh, and coming upon a, a, a pond in the Jamuna, suddenly what happens? Um, well, what's really being said is, is kind of that day they came back and they didn't report it. As I said, they're dreaming about it. They go out the next day and this next day they're going out even a little further. And they took a little breakfast with them, packed a little extra. After eating breakfast, to stay out. Each day they're going out a little further. This next day, then they take the crabs to, to 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 drink, as I said, and all of a sudden this big 
duck, this big heron or crane or, I mean, you think it's like a little fantastic? Well, they thought so too. What the <laughs> heck is that? <laughs> they thought the crane like looked like a mountaintop cut off by a lightning bolt landing on the ground. They got a big beak. I mean, they didn't know what to make of it. After a while, you know, they get used to this, right? <laughs> and as I say, that's what gave them the courage to go into the mouth of Augustura. They, where'd they get that from? Well, they see this thing and they, they're just like, holy, what is that? What is that thing? And he doesn't look friendly either. Hmm? So they experience these kind of like Sancharya Bhavs of fear, for, even for Krishna, you know, this thing's obviously got some, got a, got a mission here and it's 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 not a not a nice one hmm. so uh of course krishna understands and what's happening but bhagasura grabs him in his beak but krishna reacts like uh, he's 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 well, you would think well it might be pretty nice to have krishna on your tongue right krishna's very sweet very charming to have Krishna on your tongue would be very nice, but you put Krishna on your tongue every day and you don't have any taste for that. Hmm? Maybe you even taste bitter. Therefore, instead of chanting, you're counting. Hmm. What I will do next? Don't count. Chant. Count after chanting. After you chant, then you count one, then chant. Don't think about it. Oh, two. So chant, don't count. But in the beginning, the chanting, Krishna's on your tongue. He's a non-different from his name, but it doesn't taste sweet. So he ended on Bakasura's tongue. Sweet as anything, but he's burnt like a hot chili. And he had to cough him up. And then he tried to grab him again. And Krishna took his two beaks. You want to open your mouth? Let me help you. He said. He opened his mouth wide. <laughs> and so he went down. This and the end, it returned home. The boys want to tell the story. By the time they had returned, they had already composed various songs about, about, the, about this wonderful feat of Krishna. And they're telling to the, to the elders and so forth. This is the first instance that the boys are reporting this extraordinary uh, activity of uh, feat of Krishna. Of which there will be many going forward, and the coward our elders are hearing it for the first time, and they're thinking, "How do we make sense out of this?" There was some big creature there. Obviously, they must have exaggerated the size of him, but but uh, but how did this happen? Did did Krishna do something in his was he impious in his bad life, his previous life that this would happen to him? Because it didn't happen to any of the other boys. We thought oh, everybody was pious, but our boy was singled out. He's sort of thinking, did he do something impious? And then the martyrs said, no, no, how the heck could, that couldn't be. Hmm? Because if it was something as a result of impiety from his past life, then he, he would have got the full reaction. But, he, but instead, the duck died. So, so he must have been reaping the fruits of his own bad activities. And Krishna was the instrument that Narayan used to play that out and give this Baka reaction that he was doing, something like this. They, they figured it out and put it all in place, remembered as they do repeatedly going forward, Gargamuni's words, your son will be like Narayan. 
And they're thinking, that's pretty far out. But Narayan's not like Krishna. Krishna's like Narayan. That's what I'm saying. I said the other day, majesty, Aishvari is a subset of the Madhurya of Krishna. So Krishna's like Narayan, but he has the majesty of Narayan. He can do things with Narayan. Of course, they're thinking Narayan's doing things through him. But the point is, from the point of view of Siddhanta, that Krishna has the majesty of Narayan. That's just a secondary thing for him. So he's like Narayan. He's like Narayan, but Narayan's not like him. He doesn't have sweet leelas like Krishna. He doesn't become mugda, hmm? bewildered by praying, hmm? except that he becomes the son, the lover, the friend, and so on and so forth. So this is the 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 introduction, if you will, hmm? to the next chapter, which is the beginning of the Bhagavad Lila, which is centered on the slaying of Agasura, a wonderful feat that attracted the attention of the gods, brought the attention of Brahma. And so he has to come onto the scene. Kantarashim Bhagavat Ki Jai. Sopal Krishna Ki Jai. Stop there. I guess we have a few minutes still. Any questions? There is one question here. Yes, sir, yes. Marlos. <clears throat> He's saying. Who? Marosh. Maharaj? No. Marosh. Marosh. Kijai. He says, in what about cows which are in herds of Krishna's friends? Don't they have desire to be directly in Krishna's herd? Mm -hmm. What about the mothers of Krishna's friends? Don't they desire to have Krishna as their son? It's a similar question. Yes, they do. They do. And the Brahman Vimohan Leela, they got the opportunity <laughs> to do that. It's a leader that very much caters to the Vatsalya Rasa and, and to the Sakya Rasa. But with regard to the cows, you're asking, don't they desire to be Krishna's own herd? Well, they, they, they herd with Krishna every day. So as I said, the boys merge their herds with Krishna's herd. And, and for the whole of the day, those cows and the other boys are being herded by Krishna as well. So, there's a part of the day, of course, that they're not with Krishna and they're in Subal's herd, Sridham's herd. And if that wasn't the case, then how would the Leela play out? So. Everybody has a place to play in the Leela, and everyone is fully satisfied in the Leela, even when sometimes someone in one Mukhi Rasa may have an attraction to another Rasa that's compatible, which will then, for a while, serve as Sun Shari Bhav and augment that Rasa, nourish it. That goes on. So, uh, but the point is here that it's all. This is the realm of Rasananda. Everyone is fulfilled there. Hmm? Everyone is fulfilled. Yes, you got a question? No. I thought you were raising your hand. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> you mentioned this adokshaya aprakrita. Yes. In relation to experiences, is it like one <clears throat> is having an experience? Is it a adokshaya would be like an overtly transcendental word? Everything disappears. Is this like a bhava type of experience? Or? 
Well, what I mean by the difference between the two is one is majestic in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Krishna's Leela is, is, as we said, it, it, it is it's fully transcendental. It's, a, it's another world. It's, 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 it's super extraordinary. It has, but it looks just like, like Gopal Kumar said, just look just like the place on earth that I came from. Look exactly. But somehow it's different also. Mm-hmm. So both elements are there, but the, the nature of its appearance is, is deceiving. Like the nature of Vaishnava is deceiving. Vaishnava, you might not know what's in his or her heart. Because bhakti looks like karma. You eat, you sleep, you do other things. You sing, you dance. Not like a gani or yogi, you just sitting in meditation, giving everything up. So, such a nature of it. The, 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 uh, uh, you know, Prakriti Leela, but um, but that is not to say, to answer your question more fully, that an experience of a Prakriti Leela will not be like an epiphany or just, just be something ordinary. No, it'll be quite an epiphany. Same thing. What else? Yes. Um, it said that the Bhaktivasana is the same the, the transitory garbage and the Abhijay. Uh, I mean, if you feel your whole body melt away, you have to think that's pretty extraordinary. Your whole body will melt away. That's a what? I was on Prophet's floor and it's like, I might just remind me. My poor. And um, I used to go there and sit. You know, it was a big building, but he had one one room there on on the middle middle floor. I think it was three floors. These balconies. I used to go sometimes on the back of the balcony, sit and chant. Sometimes Prophet would come out and walk and chant. Sometimes he would just talk and talk to me. And he occasionally did. And um, then he went inside and went to the bathroom and the whole body left in front of me. So you really think these things are wonderful. It's a bracket. A bracket. It's wonderful too. Yeah, so it's very similar thing. That'll happen too. Yes. The transitory body, if you will, in the so the cover is Saibhav, but not fully, right? Like that experience would be different still for someone in Sakuras. If, 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 yeah. There are certain emotions that are considered secondary rasas that have the power to further suppress the, um, dominant rasa of the devotee and for the experience of rasa. That's one thing. And then another thing is 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 the mixing where it acts as a to augment and nourish the sakya. Secondary rasas can do also, but primary rasas. 
just like incompatible rasas can cause it to contract. Does that answer your question? So like, um, the experience of dealing with someone in sexual activity versus someone in Nuru Batsarya, would those be nuanced in the sense of- Yeah, it's different from experience it from, from the center of your of aesthetic rapture, sure. All right, we'll stop there. Madhavan ki jai.